Hey everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start today, I wanted to give a shout out to Row Visual. If you were at any of our live tour stops or saw the live stream from Dallas, you know that Row Visual was our LED provider and it is a stunning product. Row Visual has experience with working with some of the biggest tours from the Red Hot Chili Peppers to Ed Sheeran and they know the measures it takes to bring full-scale operations to life, whether you're taking it on the road or hosting weekly services. And because they know the demands of large-scale events and touring, they also understand what you're looking for in terms of reliability and functionality. Each product comes with a knowledgeable tech department that's behind you every step of the way for support. So if you're in the market for an LED upgrade or some LED product, learn how you can tap into their streamlined display experience by contacting Row today at 747-229-9190 or by visiting their website at www.rowvisual.com. All right, you're in for a good one today. Let's get straight to the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the MXU Lighting Podcast. Uh, I'm Daniel Cavell, and I'm very, very excited uh, about this guest today. Um, with me today is Whit George, um, Executive Pastor, Senior Pastor of Church on the Move. <laughs> senior Pastor. Senior Pastor of Church on the Move. Yeah. Um, and you may be wondering, uh, why have I got a senior pastor on a lighting podcast? Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm wondering too. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to talk about that. Um, you know, I think a lot of this will kind of get explained as we go through here, but, uh, you know, I'll summarize it by saying wit is, um, the reason I got into church production. You know, my longtime friend, Andrew Stone is who first invited me to come do an event at a church. But the reason I stayed is definitely wit and, and his vision and, desire to use these tools, not just as a, as window dressing for the way we communicate the gospel, but as a, as a force in how we reach people, uh, personally and emotionally. Um, and he's definitely influenced the way I look at design in general, uh, you know, church production as a whole, the way it should be used. Uh, and I want to get into some of that today. So Whit, welcome. Hey, it's an honor, honor to be here. Really excited about where this is going to (laughs) go. Yeah, this could be interesting. (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll see if we actually want to put this out when it's all over. Um, well, man, we don't have a ton of time here. You know, yeah. we usually keep they don't, the MXU guys don't let me go full Joe Rogan on this and okay. record for three or four <laughs> okay. hours. Uh, okay. So we're going to try and keep it around forty five minutes or so. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna dive yeah. right in so we can get as much in here as we can. Let's do it. I've heard this story. I also love this story. But you know, uh, Church on the Move, who was founded by your father Willie, yeah. G- Willie George, it seems has always had a background in using. Um, Art and yeah. technology to communicate the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad started with children's ministry and puppets, you know, which may not people may not think about that nowadays, but that's a form of technology in right, some ways. Right, it is. Yeah. Um, he moved on to uh, the Gospel Bill Show, right. more technology. Uh, put out countless other films, short TV shows that I, I'm sure I don't even know half of, um, and I'm, I'm guarantee I'm leaving out a ton there. But that was all pre-recorded, pre-produced type things. And at some point, you guys said we want to start introducing production into how we communicate in our live services. If you can, tell me how that started. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's so much I could say. I mean, for me, it, it, it does go back to... So I was 11 when Church on the Move was started, my dad being the founding pastor. I've grown up in church my whole life. All I knew was the church. And and I, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these PKs that has like a a bone to pick with the church or had a terrible experience growing up. I didn't. But I did, especially especially as I kind of got a little older, started to see that I think there was some, like that we could do something more. And I, I remember, I remember wanting to try to, to to bring some of what I was experiencing in the music world that I was kind of 
diving headfirst into going to you know U two concerts, let's say, and going all right. How does how does any of that get used, or can it be used? In fact, I remember specifically one night, probably my first or one of my first real concerts, ninety seven, seeing U two at Arrowhead where the Chiefs play, and they played for gosh, I don't know, two and a half three hours, and it being over, and and thinking I could do that all over again, yeah. and I remember thinking. I've heard in the church that we're going to worship God forever, and I can't even conceive of how that could be something anyone would want to be a part of. But when I saw that concert, I thought, like, I I got a a vision for a different kind of musical experience that maybe could be, that was just far more captivating to me. Um, And so, you know, that that led me into a whole deep world of the arts. I never intended to be a pastor, was going to be an artist, a graphic designer, musician, filmmaker, all these were were my kind of career paths uh, early on in life. And then somewhere in, uh, I guess, 03, 02, 03, we started. My dad saw that we were kind of aging out as a church, and we needed to do something to try to start shifting some things. And that's when he started bringing me in and asking questions. And I, I, I honestly, Danny, was just trying to make the church cool. You know, I didn't have like any theological reason behind it. I just thought that plants and flags and plexiglass pulpits were lame and that we needed to do something to, yeah, let's like, how can we make this place cool, someplace I would want to be? And it really started with, with, you know, as simply as that. I think my dad had some more theological, you know, depth to him, but I certainly didn't. It, it was an effort to try to reach people and make people feel more comfortable, feel like it was something that they could relate to. And and so we just, we kind of started small. I mean, I remember, you know, four lights and thinking this is, this is amazing. I mean, we, you know, before that, literally our church auditorium was lit with fluorescent lighting. I mean, you can't, oh, I remember. I mean, <laughs> the, the worst you could possibly, yeah. you know, come up with, it was horrible, big giant auditorium, you know, th- you know, all this stuff, but fluorescent lighting and it was what they could afford when they built it. But, oh man. And then we'd have these like four moving lights that you could, I don't know, couldn't do anything with. It was horrible, but it was, but for me, it was like, you know, life altering, you know, we're, we're doing something. And, and so, yeah, we, we started moving in that direction and just kind of little by little by little started doing more and more and more. And I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure how much more you want me to go into all with all of that, but that's, that's kind of how it got going. We can kind of parse it apart here a little bit. Um, so that would have started around, I think 2005. Does that sound about right? Yeah. So I became the arts director in 2005, the journey of, of trying to kind of bring the arts into the weekend service began before that. Mm -hmm. And, And it really was, uh, uh, you know, I think we were inspired by Fellowship Church down in Dallas, and they were doing sketches, and so we started doing some of that stuff, and we had a background in all of that, but but by 05, we really, like, that's when I stepped in, deleted, and we really kind of formed a team around it, and for many years, in fact, from, it would be 05, that's when Andrew came on board uh, a couple years, I guess a year, year and a half later, you showed up. Christmas 2006. Andy, Andy yeah, that's right. Andy Christman, uh, that same time. So like a kind of gathering of people. And then we had a good, I don't know, 10, 15 year run. <laughs> well, yep. probably a little less than 15 years. I mean, of, yeah, but, but probably 10, 12 year run of kind of doing all of that together. Yeah. And then I sort of moved on to you know, take the church and, and start, you know, leading the whole thing, which has been a journey anyways. Yeah. The, uh, so, you know, obviously, cause I got to live it with yeah. you. I know that even after that time, there's, there's so many details in there that maybe we'll get to the ones that matter, but yeah. you said something in your first part there. Okay. Um, you said when you first 
got into this, you didn't really see a theology, theological reason mm. behind it. Did that change? And if so, when did it change for you? Yeah, Maybe I mean, I think I, would, I think I would throw all of that under under the heading of we're trying to reach people, yeah. and people don't want to come to some boring church. And, you know, so, so I, you know, I understand all of that. I think, yeah, I, I think that's, that's where my convictions probably would have been then. They would have been loose. Like I say, I was just trying. There wasn't a lot to, to go cool. off of. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, as I got, deeper into it and certainly where I am now is in a little a little different place and sort of how I view the church and what I think the purpose of the church is which which does adjust how you see things working and why you would do certain things within the church but at that time that was that was the way that I viewed it and and for that season I totally don't regret it I think yeah. it really worked and helped us reach a lot of people and do you think some of this change is maybe just um I'm trying to think of the best way to say this you know obviously the church has changed you know, there's, yeah. there's the, uh, I think it's kind of meant a negative connotation sometimes, but I take it as a positive one, which, which by the way, for anyone listening, yes, I worked here. This is also now my home church. Mm-hmm. This is why I moved back to Tulsa with my wife is we just missed attending, but it kind of has the nickname Church on the Change. Yeah. And I, and I think most of us <laughs> kind of love that. Not everyone sometimes, but right. I know I, I do um, because it, it's going to progress. It's going to evolve. It's sure. going to, you know, one of the things I love about this church is, is when we find something that's not working as well as maybe it once did. There are no sacred cows. We yeah. change it. So, in terms of production, uh, do you think some? How much of that? Of of, you know, maybe maybe let's back up a little bit here. You don't see uh, from conversations between you and I, just the way I've seen, seen things move. Church on the Move doesn't really do the big production. Nope. Like we once did. No. Um, and I don't know. Is is there? Is that? Because of the value you see in it, is that because of the way you've seen the church involved? Is that because yeah. there are just seasons of things, and there, you know, we were we went through a phase where we had time and resources and people and team, and we yeah. used those to their fullest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What What do you think? I that think is? it's all of those things, Daniel. Yeah. I think it's both practical and theological. Mm-hmm. I would say practically, the team of people that did everything that we did for a decade doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and and you know. It's not so easy. Occasionally, and, and there are special. If you've ever got, if you've ever had the opportunity to be a part of it, it's really something. When you're a part of a team and there's just a synergy, you know, you watch like I mean, in sports, you see this. You see teams that just hit it a certain year, mm-hmm. and it just works. And maybe they win a championship or they come close or whatever. And then you think, you know, especially me being a fan of like let's say the 49ers, you know, they go to the yeah. Super Bowl in 2019 and I'm all excited. <laughs> and then I think, you know, next year we're going to be really good again and we're not, you know, we were terrible in 2020. We got close last year, but you you just think you can kind of like reboot and keep going yeah. and you can't. It, it Like there are moments and seasons for that. And we just had, I think, a really special group of people that were able to pull all of that off. And as I think the calling of God shifted and changed for several of us, Andrew, of course, passed away. It, it just things just change. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can't just go out and find all those people again and say, replicate this. Yeah. It was a unique mixture of people in a unique season. I also think that culturally, things have changed considerably. Um, I think that people are, you know, when when we were first doing all this, I mean, it was fairly unique and people were coming to our church and be like, man, I've never seen anything right. like this and whatever. Now, you know, the story that I hear so much of around our city is like, oh yeah, I used to go to church on the move, but now we go over here, you know, this church in Sand Springs, it's just a lot closer. And like, and pe- so people appreciated what we did, but not enough to like 
really plug in and stay. And we saw a lot of that. People filtering through yeah. and curious and entertained, but not not like planted. And, sure. and some of that was our, you know, the function of wh- where we were at as a church at the time. But we just yeah, so I so I so I see that. And I and I see this kind of fickle this sort of consumer thing that you create with people, which is, what have you done for me lately or what are you going to do next? And it just gets to be this sort of never-ending cycle of dance, monkey, dance that I just got to the point where, I mean, I remember the last Christmas, big Christmas thing that we did, that we all did together was 2013. I remember thinking like, I have no more ideas. Right. I'm, I've done this so many different ways and I've done it, we've done it really well, but I don't know what else to do. And, and, and it, yeah, I just felt like it had run its course. It was done. And so for us as a church, just speaking for us, I, what we're doing is investing all those resources in other places mm-hmm. and building a church on a different kind of, rather than a consumer, we're trying to create a real kind of covenantal relationship with people and invite them to put down roots here and really belong here in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a new way. And, it, and there's a lot of fruit to that, but it means that all the resources that we once had and effort that we once had, I mean, and we can talk about this, but like, you know, the effort that it took to pull off, let's just say one of our Christmas services, I don't think the average person has any clue. Oh, no. Not any clue. Not not, And I mean, from every level that you could think of it, from from lighting, let's say, and audio, let's say, but also the amount of time I would spend just thinking about what songs would play from the on the PA, just the background music, from the moment the doors opened to the you know the house lights went dark and we were into the first scene. I mean, it took everything I had. Yeah, and so it's just like yeah, you know, that's that's not it, it's it's all consuming. Yeah, I understand that very personally. You know, I yeah. most of my time now is spent uh, running our company, DC Pro, and uh, occasionally one of my guys will go, "Well, hey, are you going to step in on designs anymore?" Right. And generally, my answer is no. And and I'll get kind of a cockeyed look from him, and I'll go, "Here's what you don't understand: <laughs> designing is not taking out four hours in the afternoon yeah, and setting not. my brain there." <laughs> And putting something on paper. So true. If it's going to be great, yeah, I have to live it for <laughs> months, that. and I have to yeah. listen to that album so much I'm sick of it, yeah. and I have to run through a billion bad ideas in my head to get to the one that is going to work. You know what I think? find myself thinking, Daniel, because there have been times, you know, like the last, like I say, the last big Christmas we did, we're coming up on a decade since we did it, and next year it'll be a decade. And, you know, in that decade, there have been, you know, false starts and tries at trying to do something like that again. And I'm never usually terribly involved in it. I'll be at a distance, but there are times where I'm like, I'm going to jump in. But then it hits me and I'm like, all of that time that I have, like, one, I I just, I I can't, like the energy, I just don't have it to, to just drop everything, focus all of my energy back on that. People just don't, it's not like something you can go, yeah, let me, you know, let's set up a few meetings for over the next few weeks and we'll get there. It doesn't right. work that way. I think real, like I would call it, and this may sound arrogant, but whatever. I think high level creative work is all consuming it is. and it just, you have to inhabit it. Uh, and live it and nothing else for the season that you're in it. I think to do something truly, kind of truly special that can really be significant. Yeah. I don't say this is a negative, but you you talking about that made me, me think about it. And I want to stress here, um, all the time I spent working here at the church, I value so much. Mm-hmm. It allows me to do what I do today. It allows me to have the company I have today. 
when I left working here full time and went freelance again, I was starting to have to travel fairly often, not a ton, but I was traveling frequently. And on multiple occasions, um, my wife's friends or acquaintances would check in and go, hey, are you, how are you doing with Daniel having to be gone all the time now? <laughs> and, and she's her, probably like, oh, he's home way more often. Her constant reaction yeah. <laughs> was, I see him so much more than when he worked at the church. Yeah. And it, that's not a thing of regret. I'm not saying that to go like, oh man, you guys work me too much. I right. am so appreciative of that time. Yeah. I'm also appreciative it's over. Yeah, me too. Me <laughs> it too. was a wonderful season, man. Yeah. And it, I will tr- literally treasure it my entire mm-hmm. life. But no, I very much feel what you're saying. I, I I love running my team now, but I can't, you know, I can't dive into those designs like I once did. Because also, I, I'll even say this. I, I believe that on our level, it's not even as consuming as it is when you're producing and planning the entire event because you really do have to pour yourself into all of it and think mm-hmm. about all of it versus maybe I get into lighting on a more micro scale than you do mm-hmm. but it's it's still you know i think all those levels like you said are all consuming well shifting gears a little bit okay now that everyone uh, kind of has an idea of background the connection you and i have what we've sure. kind of done together and all that um and uh, this is the part we'll either uh i don't know this is maybe, maybe where we'll get in trouble um <laughs> we've talked about the personal we've talked about the local we've talked about this church yeah i kind of want to shift talking about the church as a whole okay um you know when 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 i i started my golly I got my first paying job in production 30 years ago. I was 14 years old. Um, I didn't, that would have been 1992. Mm. I was pretty much in the secular market until, you know, except for some some Christian music tours and things of that nature, until uh, I started working here with you in 2007. Um, So I've gotten to watch the church church's use of production evolve almost since the beginning. You know, I wasn't paying as close attention to it, but I remember even just through industry magazines hearing about the Willow Creeks and Mm -hmm. the fellowships before Mm -hmm. I was personally involved in the church. And I mean, you know, I I think you've heard me tell the story before when Andrew invited me to come out here and and do the Christmas event in 2006. I thought, yeah, I'm off. I get off tour in November. I'll get paid for two weeks, go hang out with an old buddy in Tulsa. I'll go with some lights around. I'll blow people's minds. I'll go home. And I got out here, and I saw, no, 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 this is different. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, to kind of go back to something you, you said earlier, at that time it was very different. It's not as different now as it used to be. We're seeing production use in a lot more churches, mm-hmm. and that's a good and a bad thing, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I see some churches doing amazing things. I see churches using these tools to really communicate the gospel and reach their congregation. Maybe they're in that season now that we were in yeah, sure. 10, 10, 15 years ago. I also see um, places where I just I feel like churches are flushing money down mm. the drain, and I I I'll preface all this, and uh, you know I'll, I'll say it for you too, because I'm sure you feel the same way. Or at least I assume you do. Mm. You know I don't I don't ever want to criticize another church's gospel. That's a or not sure. gospel. That's a wrong choice of words there. Their mission. Sure. You know I I don't know what they've been called to do. I don't know. Sure. Who they've been called to reach. Sure. If you've been listening to our podcast lately, you know that we have talked a lot about church gear this year. We love what they're doing to help serve churches by making gear more accessible. Now, if you haven't gone to their website or seen what they have available yet, definitely check them out. I know it can be helpful to see the names of churches that you look to using the company's product before you ever work with them. Elevation Church, Willow Creek, Church of the Highlands, Gateway Church, Fellowship Grapevine, Sagemont, North Coast, and on and on and on. You get the point. So check out churchgear.com. They'll get you set up with the right gear at the right price. But there's also, uh, you know, you shared a story one time about talking with uh, 
some pastors and they shared the frustration of, I'd love to launch a new campus, but I've got to spend a million dollars on production equipment to do mm. it, which I don't think that's the way it should be. How has, has this personal evolution you've gone through of, of seeing the way we use production at Church of the Move to communicate? How do you also see that as through the, the Capital C Church as a whole? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Daniel. I do, I, I, I wrestle with the same things. If I'm being terribly honest, and we'll we'll see where this goes, but few things depress me like visiting other churches. I, I What I hate, and I love these good men and women that are trying to give like everything they've got to a local community, but I see these kind of, what would I call it? A, just a, like a mediocre at best show mm-hmm. that gets put on every Sunday that I think, how, you know, for me, I have a, one of my, probably my highest personal value is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard for me to see, I see a lot of production through this lens of, performance and not through the lens of really trying to leverage it to tell a real story. You know, like like one of my kind of mantras of of creative work would be to tell true stories. Right. And that 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 doesn't mean tell make everything nonfiction. It means it means that like connect to real emotion and say something worth saying and otherwise don't do it. And and that's where like I you know, and I see a lot of I see a lot of not true stories. I see a lot of oh, this light does this, or oh, wow, I can make these things you know wag back and forth. And I just think, what's the point of that? It's it feels stupid. I mean, I see small little churches in Podunk anywhere, and they've got this whole you know not intense lighting rig, but they got what they can afford. And in their minds, and I, and they have iMag in their room. No kidding, that <laughs> seats two hundred people. That I think, why do you need iMag? Everyone can see you. It's because the church up the street. Has because it. the church, yeah, that they look to has that. And yeah. I just think, man, it it's it depresses me because I feel like we're we're inbreeding, we're feeding off of one another. And I think we'd do so much better to just think about like our local context. But I think the and I feel it because like, you know, I mean, obviously I pastor a larger church and so and that that I in some sense inherited. And so I don't have the experience of trying to plant something from scratch, and I feel for anyone that's doing that, especially these days. But I think the illusion is that somehow if we can get, you know, all the accoutrements of success, that we will then somehow be successful. And I just, I think people are looking for something real. And I mean, if I could, you know, where I'm at right now with Church on the Move, I mean, I'm in a big beige box in suburbia, if you will, and I and I love the church that I pastor. I do not regret it. If I was starting something from scratch, it would not look like what I'm doing right now. I would probably be in a in a smaller space, uh, uh, you know, with a... I mean, I don't even know that I would have a lighting rig. I mean, I'd probably have something to light the place up, but I just think, to me, I just think that's not why people are coming. They're not showing up to go, ooh, wow, what a, you know, that, that was fantastic. We use lights because, you know, in our in a set and all of this in art, because you have like you got a big room and you got to do something when there's no stained glass back there. So let's do something. And this is so the way I look at it is like, how can we simply create a beautiful environment in which to worship the Lord? Uh, in the days that you were here, we were tr- we were using 
the, these sets and things to tell very particular stories. And I don't have a problem with that. If I had the, the team and ability to pull some of that off, I'm, I'm sure I would use it. I think it's still got value. I think the arts have a big value in the church, but man, there's it to do it at the level that I would want it done. It's, and it's not, I'm not, and please hear me. It's like, it's not about big production. It's about depth and saying something real and quality. And that just takes so much effort, even to do the simplest of things, just a one man, whatever you're still talking about. You know, you watch like Jerry Seinfeld was just here in town the other day. And it's like, people just don't appreciate the, the <laughs> he is talented, but I like the amount of work that goes into just the jokes that he's doing. And it's just one dude in a spotlight. That's it. And you think, well, that's easy. But I, yeah, it's not easy because it, it's a lifetime to get to where he's at to do to 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 be just one man in a spotlight. So, so all of that, like that's what I'm talking about. Is to do something real. It's like we just we don't underestimate. It. I used to say, um, you know, it's arrogant to think that you can do in your spare time what other people have devoted their lives to. And I think the church is famously guilty of that. Yeah, we'll just yeah. do it. You Broadway does it, but we'll just, you know, like for a living, we'll just we'll just pull it off with some teens and a good-hearted vol- couple of good-hearted volunteers this weekend. It'll be fine. My uh one of my favorite stories from working here is we got an email or I think yeah, w- yeah, there would have been an email then. Um got an email from someone that said, uh, "Hey, can you send us an exact list of what lighting equipment you use?" Because we like the way yours looks, and we want ours to look the same. Oh man, it's kind of insulting. Isn't it was it? very <laughs> insulting to the point I, I couldn't respond to it. You know, I just yeah. I, that's one of those ones that just got lost in the in the in the ether there somewhere. Um, because if we had what you had, we could do what you could do. Right? They and don't. They didn't, mean, they didn't mean to be insulting, but no, they did. But they were. Yeah. Oh uh, man, you said some good stuff there, and I, 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 with that little uh, anecdote, I, I lost what I wanted to ask you next. But um, you know, kind of the similar topic when I get a chance to speak with people mm-hmm. and this, this is this approach to me, you know, I'll, I'll say it's definitely, I feel this way because of my time here, because of what I got to be a part of and because of the way it affected me. But, you know, to say kind of the way I say a lot of what you just said is I tell people we at some point along the way in church production looked at our stage and said, there's a drum kit, there's guitars, there's singers. This is a concert. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, 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 it's not a concert. I don't care if it's musical or if it's the pastor or if it's an illustration. We are telling a story. Mm. That's theatrical. Mm. And look at mm. theatrical production. Look at theatrical lighting. Yeah. It can be a big and large scale. You know, uh, the musicals, Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, Ragtime, um, Lion King, big, huge production. There are also really dramatic little mm. black box theater shows that are nothing but stark lighting. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a, a single, we, we always call it ghost light in the middle of the stage just to provide yeah. an ambiance. You know, and you kind of talking about the type of church that if you were starting from scratch, you might have really kind of brings that story back to me because it's not, it's not that, you know, you said you wouldn't have a lighting rig. Well, of course, you're going to have some light in there you sure, can't see. You but that's where a lot of people, I think, in the church market lose it of, it's not about moving lights. It's not about LEDs. It's not about needing any of that. It's about setting a tone and a mood and emotion that matches the rest of the story you're trying to tell. And the brand or personality of the church. Right. And, and if you are in a basement um, and a tiny room with a low ceiling, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had to answer the question of like, we've got a low ceiling and not a lot of stage depth. How do we make our moving lights work well? 
Maybe you don't. That's exactly right. <laughs> you're trying to shoehorn... Again, you're starting with a solution and then trying to shoehorn yeah. it into a problem. Yep. Rather than thinking about a problem and going, right, how do I fix... How do I, how do I adapt to the unique space? That's where real creativity is. Yeah. Copy and paste is just taking what someone else has done and then pulling it into you know another context. But to me, the real challenge and the fun challenge of something like a low ceiling and basement space is to look at it. This is again, this goes back to what I was saying about tell true stories. I, I talk. I have a friend who's an architect, and we 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 you think about it, it's like what does it what does a space want to be? Yeah. We're in the middle of thinking through like a, a something of a redesign remodel of Church on the Move right now. Like I told you, we're in a big beige box. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to fool you into thinking that, you know, this is like paint all the walls white, change all the fixtures to black, you know, like the the door handles and all the, you know, the, what's in right now, basically what right. everyone's doing. I, I'm not going to be able to fool you into thinking this is some really cool, intimate coffee shop. It's a giant <laughs> mega church. So what we're saying is, so then tell the truth about this space, like use what it is. Don't try to don't try to lie to me with it, right. and and that's where I think that's where I think facades uh, and 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 sort of masks in design. We're just trying to put lipstick on a pig rather than let something be what it is. There's a coffee shop here in town that we do some services at for our young adults called Notion, and it's literally a ring light in the middle of a mm-hmm. black room with a low ceiling, I and it just room. works. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, you're right. It works. It's like literally. A, far as I know, like one light and it's just a big hoop light over a stage that's in the round in a center room. And it probably seats, I don't know, 250, 300 people in there. Never changes. And it never changes. Doesn't need to. It's exa- and it doesn't need to. And guess what? No, None of the young people care. No. Like they're fine with it because it's appropriate to the space. It feels right for what that place mm-hmm. is. And that's the, that's the deeper and harder question that needs to be asked about, you know, your church in Podunk, Oklahoma, or small town Texas, or, you know, wherever you're at in Missouri, it's like, that's where it's figuring out what your church is and letting it be that instead of trying to dress it up into the, you know, the, the church that you watch on YouTube. When, when people do that, and I've used this in a lot of contexts, but that's definitely one of them. uh, I've always called it the spoonful of sugar approach. You know, it's the whole Mary Poppins Spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down because it always feels like what people are doing is going, okay, we want to tell them about Jesus, but they don't want to hear about that. So we're going to wow them (laughs) with some cool lighting and some some sparklers come out of the stage, all this stuff. And then surprise, Jesus. And I go, where's the authenticity in that? If we can't can't connect with people initially with the the real message we're trying to tell, and maybe we don't have to beat them in the face with it, it but just, just... Here's who we are. Here's why we here. Here's why we care about you. Yeah. And then if we can introduce artistic elements that help, um, you know, enhance the mood. If if you know if we're telling a dramatic story, there are way. I mean, you know, I've made my entire career out of production. I own a company that does mm-hmm. most of what we do is sell production equipment to churches. Mm. I sure hope they don't quit using it. <laughs> but <laughs> if they do, because it helps better communicate the gospel, great. Yeah. God will replace that in my life with something else. But I'm seeing that myself of going, there are some customers, there are some times where I'm going, you don't want to sell it to I'll them. take your money, but yeah. I don't feel good about it, you yeah. know, because I don't think what you're actually doing yeah. is furthering the mission of, of reaching people for Jesus, I, at least not with these tools. Man, I, I could not, I could not t- agree with you more. Well, I think that's exactly the case. We're at about 30 minutes now. Okay. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of, I got one more for you, and this one may be a tough one. You, you've kind of, you, you've hit around this a little bit, but 
one thing I always love about hearing you speak is, is you're really good at refining things down to points. Okay. <laughs> so the purpose of this podcast is obviously not to bash other churches that aren't using production correctly. Not at all. Holy cow. And I think, I don't know if you and I have said this, but I got some pictures that show how bad we use production. <laughs> for a while. Sure. It was, it was a learning sure. process. We went through, you know, yeah. I think we even skipped this spot, the spot, you know, 2006 to around 2008. Yeah. That was a, that was an experimental time. It was totally. Um, I'm pretty sure I made chandeliers out of core plast and plumbing parts so we could start <laughs> turning off the fluorescent lights. We did. You talked about. Absolutely. And it worked. But in hindsight, I wouldn't want to do it again. Yeah. Because I've learned more yeah. since then. So, and maybe you and I can kind of, I don't know if we can tackle this one together, but what are a few things, you know, I don't know, churches that are, are have been thinking they want to use production or trying to decide if they do or are pastors who feel like they have to. Um, I, I wonder if there's a handful of things we can kind of tell them, uh, you know, to help not have to be so reliant on it, figure out what they should do instead. You know, you, you mentioned sometimes you hate visiting other churches because it, it feels so plastic. I don't know. Are the things we can, you know, the, a lot of times I'll have worship leaders that listen to this podcast. Yeah. I wonder if there's stuff that we can tell them. And I, the big one you think, I think you hit right first was the authenticity part. I know that's a big one for me, but yeah, I think, you know, one, one of the places that I would start, these are, and these are, you know, I, I want to preface by saying like, these are personal values. I recognize that not every church operates on the same, you know, what makes that place special and why people go there is not the same reason I might go to a, a particular place. But I'm, like I say, I am looking for, for authenticity. What I would rather, I would rather walk into a room and, and, and hear people like, let's say a worship team singing and feel like these people are just regular people who are leading me into worship today or do it really stinking good. Not some performance, but mm-hmm. like, wow, man, they can sing and they're really and they're just fantastic. And then that, that's really more the side that we tend to try to err toward is really put a lot of effort into it. Mm-hmm. Rather than this kind of in-between stage where where we sort of look like we're performing, but we're not very good either. Right. And that's where I think that's where I see a lot of churches. I would I just think, hey, if you just do better dialing it back. I mean, yeah. instead of you know, just let that be, you know, Lisa from the church up be there natural. leading me in a song instead of trying to be Bethel today. Right. Like, it'd be so much better if you would just pick one or the other instead of... And, and, and realistically, I think most of us, like, in a lot of a lot of situations, churches don't have the, the budget and ability to kind of push fully into that whole that whole space, and nor should they. I don't think that's necessary. You know, one of the things I tell our, our team is, like, no one's showing up this weekend going, where am I? What is this? A church? Jesus? What? I didn't come here for this. They I me. came here for the music. Yeah. yeah. I came here for the spoonful like, no of sugar. No one's thinking that. Everyone that's here knew what, where they were going today. Right. And so I just think like we're not, we don't have to try to fool people with this whole, hey, you know, we're like, I would just, we're a church. We're, let, let, let's just you know, do what a church does. We worship Jesus. We pray. We read scripture. We take communion. We preach. We're going to be welcoming to people, but you know, to new people that are coming in. But you know, I I guess th- that's a big thing for me is just is just like let's be who we really are and be about what we're really about and do it in an authentic way, yeah. where where we're not trying to put on some show for people. And yeah, I think so, I think I think that's what people are hungry for these days, anyways. Authenticity. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, we can land it here, man. I can't say thanks enough. You know, this is. Uh, 
uh, I've stressed this a couple times in this podcast, but um, my time here fueled me so much artistically and, and the way uh, I look at the church. You know, one of the things I love about what I get to do now of going out and speaking with MXU, doing some of the other conferences we're at is um, I feel like I'm able to take what we worked on so much here and help share that with the rest of the church. Um, and so I appreciate you being on here with me today. Uh, it was nice to uh, kind of bring someone from that time back into this. To, so it's not just me always harping <laughs> the, these points, but I can finally go see, hey, this is where I heard it from. You know, there's someone else in the world nice. who thinks this way too. But man, I loved it. I appreciate the time very much. Hey, it means the world to me that you'd have me. Thanks. Of course, man.